0: (laughs) okay i mean i got a feeling that the comment section of this one is is going to be something special uh because well the nature of the topic and the title chris ballard had his end-of-the-season press conference yesterday and when asked about Gus Bradley's job security over here in Indianapolis and kind of if he expects Gus to be around going into next season, he gave like a resounding, unequivocal, no room for interpretation, nothing vague about it. Yes. Period. That was it. That's it. And I'll tell you, you can say what you want about Chris Ballard. I happen to love listening to Chris Ballard talk. The the end-of-the-season press conferences for me – are amongst the most entertaining Colts content we get throughout the course of the season, other than the game day itself. I mean, that is probably in part due to the fact that he's the decision maker. He's the head honcho. But you can always expect an honest answer out of Chris Ballard to the the highest degree in which he's able to do so. We know he can't just run amok and and just be transparent fully and just say whatever the hell he wants. That's not how the business is operated. But Chris Ballard is going to be as honest as he can with you when he can be and and real quick by the way because we're of course we're going to talk about the decision to keep gus bradley but can i just ask a quick favor of you guys before we get into it because i know how much you hate gus bradley and i know many of you hate chris ballard as well and i always like to encourage you guys to share your opinions over here but also i'm going to keep it real with you guys for just a second i'm gonna keep it haunted as the kids say i am the kids i don't even know why i say as the kids say but Let's not pretend that we are all just defensive gurus and aficionados over here, okay? For you to sit behind your keyboard and uh, say, oh, Gus Bradley is running a soft zone. He needs to blitz more, right? That doesn't say anything about your knowledge of the game of football. I'm not saying you don't know anything about the game of football. I'm just saying for you to regurgitate the same thing that 95% of people are saying and make it like you've just dropped some sort of golden nugget about Gus Bradley and given us something insightful to discuss, is, is absurd, right? And if you're going to sit here and bitch about Gus Bradley's defense, can you start breaking it down on a level that's just, just one level past what you heard someone else say, right? I mean, can you talk about some of the concepts that he's running? Like what type of zone is he running specifically? Do you know the answer to that? Not just a soft zone, what kind of zone is he running, right? What formation are we in most of the time When we're running that zone, hell, in the zone, what is each guy's responsibility? What's the corner's responsibility? When is it his job to cover the receiver, and when does he pass it off to somebody else? Did you know that in a zone, he's passing it off to someone else at some point? And you might know this, right? And I don't mean to condescend you or anything like that, but I I, I mean, you know, it just drives me crazy, right? Explain to me how if a team is struggling in coverage, that you think the solution is taking people out of coverage, right? Addition by subtraction taking people out of coverage to blitz, that's what you find the solution to be. Can you explain how it is that that makes any sense? If you cannot answer any of the questions that I just asked you without a Google search, can you just save your breath on this topic for me? For me, again, I I know I'm coming off like a bit of a blowhard right now, and I don't mean to be super disrespectful, but it just drives me crazy to watch you guys sit there and make it like you know something about defense. We don't know anything about defense. We might know a little bit. I know some of you know more than others and it is what it is. And I hope you don't feel attacked right now. But my goal over here is to make sure that as Colts fans, if we're going to sit here and talk and let the organization hear us, and trust me, they do. And they listen. We are the ones who put the money in their pockets. So if we start talking crazy, if we start getting irrational, eventually it's quite possible that they're going to act irrational to appease us. Okay. Appease us. So it's just something to keep in mind. I think we have a responsibility to be rational and objective as much as we possibly can here, right? And not for anything, you know, Gus Bradley, I'm not saying he's the best defensive coordinator of all time or anything like that, but I know it was a while ago, that Legion of Boom defense really revolutionized the way teams are playing defense now, okay? It's not like this guy is a complete scrub of a defensive coordinator. This is the highly respected dude that always has a job. It's not like he's ever been exiled from the league. People always bring him back to be defensive coordinator, right? You could look, go ahead and look up Gus Bradley, look throughout his career. The guy, other than being the head coach of Jacksonville, has been a successful defensive coordinator in this league. It, it is what it is. You really cannot deny it, okay? And I think there's a pretty decent case to be made that Gus Bradley perhaps wasn't entirely at fault for what we saw on the defensive side of the ball this year. So now that I'm done berating you, okay, I'm sorry. Don't mean to do it. Hopefully I didn't turn any of you off. But at the same time, I'm the one with the microphone here. I'm going to be honest and I'm going to speak my mind. It is what it is. If you want to speak your mind, get a microphone and do what I'm doing. You can do the same thing. I'm just in my bedroom talking. I mean, it, it's all it is. It's nothing more than that, right? Back to the regularly scheduled programming. Regularly scheduled programming. Perhaps you could even do it better than me. Perhaps you could speak English. I think a lot of us, when we look at this off season, and think about what we need to improve. Defense is at the forefront of all of our minds, right? So we agree on that. And Steichen had actually alluded to it earlier in the week. He was asked about Gus Bradley's security uh, in Indianapolis moving forward, and they kind of said, like, listen, man, you didn't hire Gus Bradley, so what do you think about that? And he had a prepared line, a canned line, that clearly was picked specifically to answer this question, carefully crafted, and used to say exactly how he felt without saying exactly how he felt. And what he said was he believes in continuity. He kept saying the same exact thing. And I'll tell you, I am inclined to agree with Shane Steichen. And, 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 you know, there is something to be said about continuity because you can't just treat an NFL football team like your Madden franchise. You can't just send guys all over the place, cut them, fire your coach, do the whole thing. You can't just make all of these just just flip the table over type of decisions every single offseason, every time there's a, a problem. That's what they call dysfunctional. In the nfl that's what teams like the jets do and teams like uh the jaguars have done for for much of their time around okay it, it's called dysfunction what you guys are calling for and one of the things that you guys were calling for coming into this season was for this line to be completely torn apart and i felt like to some degree uh maybe not was on an island but it, at least when i when i look at other fans i mean i said coming into this season if there was one thing i was not worried about it was the offensive line why continuity That line got better and better as the 2022 season progressed. And the offensive line is kind of like like a strip of Christmas lights, right? If one of them goes out, if one of them's not working, it actually shuts off all of the lights. So if you have, I'm going to say left guard, even though Quentin Nelson obviously is not who I'm alluding to here, but if your left guard isn't getting the job done, that's going to have an effect on the left tackle. It's going to have an effect on the center, which means now if your center's affected, that actually affects the right guard. And if your right guard's affected, that affects your right tackle. So all of a sudden, one guy not getting the job done and one guy not being on the same page with the rest of the unit actually kills the whole offensive line, which is why continuity is so important. So that's in the context of the offensive line. Shane Steichen clearly talking about it from a coaching perspective and a team building perspective. I happen to agree with Steichen all the way, right? But it's one thing to hear that from Shane Steichen. Again, Chris Ballard said that Gus Bradley will be back in the press conference. So we can all but count on the fact that he is going to be back. Now, you may view that as bad news. Maybe it is bad news. I don't really know. But, you know, for the sake of the clarity of the discussion about our defense, it's great news, right? Because, of course, the defense was going to be a massive topic going into this offseason. We know this. But now we know that the conversations about the defense have to be based on personnel as opposed to the coach himself. Now, you may not like that, but over here, we operate in, uh, in reality. In the, in the truth that is. We, we don't sit here and live in la-la land. We're not in the land of make-believe over here. We're not fantasizing about anything. Well, we're fantasizing about Colts Super Bowls and Colts wins and Anthony Richardson coming back and staying healthy. But other than that, I, I mean, we try to sit here and, and talk about the team from an objective point of view. That's kind of the goal over here. I want to make more educated Colts fans. And if I have to sit here and insult you a little bit to get it done, I apologize. Uh, then that might be how I have to do it. I don't really know. But, you know, that is what it is. So... We're going to start to unpack kind of what this defense now looks like from a personnel standpoint, and then I'll kind of touch on you know why it is that I think that maybe we're just being slightly reactionary in the way we view Gus Bradley right now. just a possibility i'm not I'm not so bullish on it. I'm not saying I'm a hundred percent right that Gus Bradley like was not really fully at fault for what we saw on defense this year, but you know, we'll talk about it. Before we do, you know, I have to introduce myself. My name is Justin. This right here is the Ride in the Bench Colts podcast. As always, I ask anyone that's watching the video on YouTube, go ahead and shoot it a like. It's going to help me get out to as many Colts fans as humanly possible. If you're listening to the audio version, perhaps leave a five-star review. Let the people know how much you like the show. We just hit 2,000 subscribers over here. We're shooting for 3,000, 5,000, then 10,000, then a million, then two trillion, right? My promise to you going into this offseason is that I am going to help Make this the funnest offseason that you have ever been a part of since you've been following the Indianapolis Colts. Subscribe if you want to be a part of that journey. But most importantly, let's just enjoy this thing, right? Let's not be too angry. I understand we're going to get emotional, but stress is is reserved for, for your job and real life and relationships. Football, as a fan from our couch with a beer, is not supposed to be so stressful. I understand that things don't always work out that way, but let's just pull it down a little bit, right? And I say that as someone who's had a little bit of bass in their voice the entire episode here. But let's start by talking about the secondary. Actually, let's just start real quick because it's a quicker point with why I think that that perhaps Gus Bradley wasn't completely at fault here. This was a young team out here, okay? On defense, they went through a lot of adversity coming into this season. Now, Stephon Gilmore, in, in the offseason, we got rid of him, gave him to the Cowboys. A lot of people didn't like that move. I am on record saying... That I kind of viewed that as good business. I just thought kind of the direction the Colts were headed in and where Stefan Gilmore was at his point in career. I just kind of thought that was like good business just in the sense of like good faith to be like, okay, let's part ways here. This is good for Stefan Gilmore. This guy's like a hall of fame player and we're trying to go young. Like it just, for me, it made sense. It was kind of bittersweet, but I wasn't like up in arms about it. But it kind of, as the season went on, you did kind of look and say, wow, we were maybe a little bit closer than we thought. Stefan Gilmore Would have been a nice piece here. Maybe the conversations about the defense would have been different, but you got Isaiah Rogers betting the other team's money line, Dallas Flowers tore his Achilles, and all of a sudden you were down to to the scraps in the secondary, and then we had problems in coverage, and we're going to sit here and look at Gus Bradley. Now, coaching's important, but you got to have the horses out there on the field, and all I'm saying is that there's a possibility that on a personnel standpoint in the secondary, we just weren't where we had to be. Maybe the talent was there, but from an experience standpoint, Maybe just just not where we had to be. And I know we need help in the secondary. It's one of the things that I think is going to be like the, the priority this offseason. But when we look at the corners, we'll start there and then move to the safeties, Kenny Moore is a big decision this team has to make going into this offseason. Because last year, and when I say last year, I don't mean like last year being the one we just played. I mean like last last year, I guess. Kenny had a tough time. And now he came back this year and bounced back as you would expect a player of his caliber to do. Uh, but, you know, I don't know if they're going to have them. For the sake of the discussion, let's assume they re-sign Kenny Moore. So if they have Kenny Moore, I just slapped my keyboard. <laughs> I thought I just messed up the entire thing. I was looking. I was like, did I pause it? Right? All right. Back to business. If they have Kenny Moore on the team, you look, at least in terms of the top of the, the, the depth chart here, you got Kenny Moore, and then Jalen Jones and Juju Brents, who I thought were, were studs as rookies. Now, Juju Brents has to stay healthy. He didn't get nearly as much time on the field, both you know on game day or the practice field, as he would have really need to, to, to have reached his full potential in his rookie year. But I thought all things considered, he really came in and showed a lot of promise. I mean, he kind of has the frame, right? He's just one of these guys that looks a little bit different out there in terms of like his, his stature, his body type. Pause for the corner position. Like, it does stick out to me. So I'm excited about that. Now, I think we have to add talent to that corner room. But I think a lot of people are thinking that we need to go out and make a huge splash here, maybe make a huge free agent signing, maybe draft one in the first round. And I'm not saying that that's like the worst idea in the world. But I do think that when you look at Jalen Jones, now, albeit that's a seventh round pick, and we know. Rodney Thomas was a seventh round pick who had a wonderful rookie campaign for us last season, only to come out this year and maybe not live up to what we could have expected out of him. So I understand that that's a possibility, but Jalen Jones, Juju Brents, the return of Dallas flowers, albeit from an Achilles and Kenny Moore, those four right there, even if we're aggressive in free agency in the draft, there is no guarantee that any of the guys that we bring in actually perform better than any of those guys. I'm just going to be hundred percent honest with you from a talent standpoint that's not like the worst group of corners we've had since I've been a fan of the team. I mean, I have seen significantly less or or rather significantly more underwhelming groups of corners since I've been a fan of the Indianapolis Colts. So I'm not hundred percent sure that that's a position we have to go out and attack. I think we need to bring in talent. I think we need to bring in competition, but it's not like the one that I view is we really need to add a top tier piece of talent here, right? The safety room, when you talk about the secondary is the one that I think it, it, you have to address something in the secondary. If you're not going to fire Gus and you're not going to get it, you got to do something, right? You can't just sit there and be the same. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. The secondary, or rather the safety room, was tough because Julian Blackman is one of these guys who is – I was about to curse. I will curse. This is one of these guys that's fucking awesome when he's on the field. And, Jay, when have I ever stopped myself from cursing before? It's for the kids, I guess, now. Jalen mm, – Mm-mm. Come on, Justin, get it together. Julian Blackman. Promise, guys, I'm good. Not high. Julian Blackman is awesome when he's on the field, but the caveat is he needs to be on the field, right? And when it's not him, you have Rodney Thomas, who was nowhere near as consistent as we would have needed him to be. He was all right at times, but he wasn't a playmaker out there. He wasn't making his presence felt. And Nick Cross, we kind of like what he brings to the table, but again, consistency is an issue. And you kind of look at that room. And you think about all the big plays that we allowed and all the miscommunications on the back end of the secondary. And it's easy, not easy to forget, but but just something I feel need to bring to your attention. Last year, we had a guy by the name of Rodney McLeod, and he was the adult in the room at, at safety. And I don't mean that to condescend any of the guys. I don't mean it that way. But that was a veteran in this league who had had a lot of success. He was like 31 years old, something to that degree. Now, the Colts have Mike Mitchell coaching, and he's like a former safety who, who played for the team at all. So, like, good on that. But in terms of the players that go out there and play, Julian Blackman, at the age of 24 years old, having missed a whole season essentially of his career with an Achilles injury, was the veteran of that safety room. So that's something to keep into account. That is a problem, right? So maybe it's not even so much a talent issue as like we need experience in that room. But at the same time, you have guys like a guy really, like Buddha Baker, The, the free agent class. I may be wrong. This is off the top of my head. You got Buddha Baker and, and really Julian Blackman as like the two premier safeties going into this free agency class. So the Colts have an interesting decision to make there because a lot of the times the contract a guy gets isn't so much based off of how good he is. It's kind of based off of, well, how does he compare to the rest of the guys available? And then you now take market value and it kind of becomes on a curve from there. Does that make any sense? So a guy who is the top pain in one class or one free agent class, maybe less or more talented than a guy who's the top paid in another free agent class, just based off of kind of who was available in the pool of talent. Julian Blackman and Baker are the two guys. Would I like us to get Baker? Sure. I don't think he'll be back on the Cardinals. Do I think he wants to come to Indianapolis after playing in Arizona? I'm not 100% sure, but we'll have to see, right? But safety is, if I were to go first round, if I had to pick between corner and safety, I would go safety over corner in the first round with the 15th pick if we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit. But other than that, I mean, you look at the defensive side of the football, despite the fact that we need to improve, as I look at the depth chart here, it's kind of funny because who don't we like? Who don't we like? I'm going to just go through it, right? Pay, DeForest Buckner, Samson Ebicom, excellent pick. We know what Grover Stewart brings to the table. He's a prototype. In terms of a run stopper, he's everything you could possibly ask for. Tyquan Lewis, I do expect the Colts to let go. I think they'll just draft someone or kind of let A. Adabare come up into that spot. Titus Leo is going to be returning. He was a draft pick this year. Taekwon Lewis is about as good as gone. That's not because he stinks. I thought he was good as a rotational piece this year. Uh, I just think, you know, his, his time is up here in Indianapolis. Dion Dangbo is another guy. We look at the defensive line, they played excellent this year. Brian Burns is one guy, right? Because the Colts, as a unit, had a great pass rush and they had different guys getting to the quarterback at all times. But there is no one that on every single snap scares the living hell out of the opposing lineman. Now, just because the Colts can use that doesn't mean we're going to get that because those guys don't grow on trees, right? You can't just just get those. There's only so many of those guys in the league. But Brian Burns is a guy, no chance in hell. He's going to be playing in Carolina last year. He kind of leads this free agent class as one of the top dudes. Brian Burns is a guy I would love in Indianapolis. He's actually, Colts aside, one of my favorite football players to watch, period. And it's been that case for a couple years. So I would love to see him around. Do I view it as a pipe dream to some degree? Yes, I I do. But, you know, that's a position I think it's going to be hard without getting a guy like Brian Burns. I think it's going to be hard to improve that position. You look at the corners, which we already covered. I think it's going to be hard to improve the corner position. EJ Speed, Zaire Franklin, Sagon Olibi is a guy they re-signed. I'm a huge fan of his. Grant Stewart I like as well. We can add talent there, but in terms of the top-end talent, the starters, EJ Speed and Zaire Franklin, don't we like those guys as the franchise linebackers of this team? I don't know. It's really the safeties. If not for the safeties, it's kind of funny. Despite how upset we are about the defense, I just don't see a position on the defense that we're guaranteed to improve, and it's not because of Bargain Ben Ballard. It's because the talent is there. It's The physical talent is on the defense. And it's, I know right there that's kind of pointing to you saying, well, that's got to be coaching. Sure, maybe, fine. But at the same time, this was one of the youngest teams in football. If not for the Green Bay Packers, I believe the youngest team in football with an average age of what, like 26 or something like that. And the defensive side of the ball was no different, particularly in the secondary. If that's not the youngest secondary in football that the Indianapolis Colts had, I don't know what is. But it might might just be a matter of experience as opposed to talent. Doesn't mean we don't add talent, but I do wonder in terms of top end talent on this defense. I'm not a hundred percent sure we're kind of going to see any splash moves that really kind of change the way we view this defense. I think it's going to be some of these under the radar rotational type moves, and I kind of just want to prepare you guys for that in advance because I know you guys are going to be losing your minds over it. But keep in mind, Samson Epicom was a guy we looked at last year, and everyone was like, "Oh, this was our big free agent signing. That was a key player on the defense this year." So. That's just something to consider, but I mean, as far as the defense goes, that's about all I have to say right now. Of course, we're going to continue to talk about it as the offseason progresses, but Gus Bradley is going to be the guy, and we have to accept that, and that's all there is to it. So without further ado, that was the episode. My name is Justin. This right here is the Right on the Bench Colts cast. Subscribe, like if you have not already, but most importantly, go Colts.